Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experiences of field, and to share our members' stories. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to this final episode of 2021 of the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Welcome aboard, Tetra. We're glad to have you. Teased it last week. New friends and family coming on board. We're so proud and looking forward to working with Tetra Hearing in 2022. Welcome them aboard. Guys, this week, we're running it out. We're telling our conservation story. A good buddy of mine, Doug Little, is joining us. He, uh, <clears throat> lots to talk about here with 2021 as a, being a dog as it was. Uh, there's a lot of good silver linings, a lot of good conservation stories, a lot of good stories in totality. Doug's going to join us and tell us some of those. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy their final hours of 2021 let's charge fast and furious into 2022 we're gonna do it uh in style here with doug little let's go i'll tell you what this is uh the end of 2021 is uh the gift that i could rather give back it was uh, a covid a covid thanksgiving and then uh, i just like today started feeling good uh, coming off about a pneumonia that I got Man. Christmas Day. So I've been bedridden on the couch up until today. Oh so, so I think tomorrow night I'm just going to sit my butt in house and not to go anywhere. I don't want to know what's around the next sickly corner. So don't blame me, man. I'm glad I'm well. Uh, we're talking with Doug Little, Director of Conservation Operations in the East on this uh end of year conservation wrap up in our last uh podcast for 2021 so the wife hooks me up uh, and doug is also a fellow hockey dad so we're gonna wax a little ice time here um my wife christy surprised me with tickets uh to the bruins game on new year's day so i'm glad i'm feeling better um uh, got a couple new inhalers, so if I get excited, if they you know do well, I take a couple puffs off that. Now that my lungs are all jacked up, but you know, <clears throat> so if you hear me clearing my throat, my apologies. That may get annoying. Gilbert, uh, our wizard, will uh, do his best to get some of that out. But you guys don't want to hear from me so much as as the guest, and and Doug uh, is one of the smartest cats I know uh, when it comes to to conservation. Turkey, wild turkey conservation. And, and ultimately, um, you know, when we ask uh, you guys to come to fundraising events, when we kind of come with our hands out asking, do more, do more. Um, he's, this is where the rubber meets the road. And then a lot of times, you know, when I was a regional director and uh, even still, you know, where does my $35 go? What is the power of $35 just in one membership? Never mind going to a banquet or doing the extra supplemental stuff. Uh, Doug and his colleagues in our conservation department um, are the folks that can speak directly to that and give power uh, to those dollars. And when we can say that we put $86, 86 cents of every dollar back into the ground, it's a powerful statement. Doug and his team and his colleagues are the ones that, that do that for the organization 
on your behalf, uh, members, volunteers at all. So in a, in a big picture sort of way here, I wanted to bring Doug on and, and talk about um, all the great accomplishments in 2021. As much of a dog as that this year has been for a multitude of reasons, there is a lot to celebrate. Um, you know, you, you run the East, what, what your territory, I know things have been reshaping the map and yeah. positions like what specifically were you, uh, overseeing part of the country? Is it, is it down the middle split or are you kind of everywhere? Um, well, the, the territory now for, for me in, in the East is, um, from, from Maine South to all the way down to Florida and then over, uh, across the Gulf. Um, it includes, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. So hmm. along the coast and then over to those states. So uh, decent sized chunk of territory and, um, you know, a great team, you know, doing the work on the ground, um, you know, for sure. I mean, you, you mentioned you mentioned going to the game and, and you know, it's uh, it, it just, you know, what you were saying, your introduction there really reminded me of how much of a team this really is. Um, you know, from staff, volunteers, partners, um, all across the board, because, you know, what 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 we do on the ground, um, you know, doesn't happen if it isn't for every other cog in the wheel of NWTF from, you know, staff and other staff in the field, um, you know, regional directors, uh, development staff, the volunteers, um, our agency partner, we can't do anything without everybody's efforts, along with the staff at, at headquarters that mm. do so much um, behind the scenes work and not a lot of credit goes to them, but we just can't, we can't get it done without it, without every part of the team. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, definitely a commitment from everybody that, you know, like I said, we, we just can't, there's nothing to celebrate if we don't have everybody. It's, uh, it's, it's cliche in a way to say it takes all the different parts, but it, um, it can't be overstated and there isn't a small part in any of this. Uh, some people you see more often, some people you hear more often, um, but that's not a lot of the yeoman's work is getting done way behind and deep behind the scenes. You know, it's like the Titanic before it sank, didn't, didn't run without people in the engine room shoveling coal and making that big steam engine go. Um, you know, even in 2021, there are people just shoveling coal, man, and, and, and keeping this sucker churning uh, okay. in, in the face of some of the most challenging times, arguably uh, in, in our near 50 year history, uh, with the exception of probably the inception, the first few years of, of growing the organization into the national leader that it's become. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it just, um, you know, the, the wheels keep turning, you know, in the face of all the adversity that we've had over the years too, the, the amount of, you know, effort and, you know, just the, you know, the, the pride that we all work with from, from top to bottom, you know, it's just, we're, we're just getting a lot done um, in the face of everything that's going on too. And, and that's just a testament to the, to the team, you know, to the, to the work ethic, to, you know, just how much Turkey fanatics, you know, we all are. Um, and not just about the wild Turkey too. It's, you know, the, the hunter recruitment aspect and, all the, all the different, you know, all the different aspects of our mission that, that our volunteers and staff, um, you know, have such a passion to deliver on. It's, um, it's incredible to see. I mean, you re reflect back and all the excuses in the world to let COVID and, and other things get in the way. And, and we're just able to get so much done. So there was a super rally and, and now, you know, since late summer, early August, when people, you know, things started opening back up, 
Um, you know, there was, there was a huge rally before and then to see people come back out and actually get after it. And I mean, holy smokes, we opened, uh, uh, silent auction conventions a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago or so just before Christmas. And there's so much engagement there. People are excited for convention conventions happening. We're going to be in Nashville and a mere, what, six, seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it, it just, uh, it is humbling. And again, a, another cliche that might get overused, but I mean, I don't know else, how else to describe that. Uh, people are out of work. People are, you know, in the face of the pandemic for almost two years now. And like you said, every excuse not to, but our people keep coming back and finding a reason yeah. to. That's right. So yeah. let's talk about some of those, some of those highlights. Let's, let's talk about those great silver linings in 2021, because uh, some of the best social distancing is, is possibly turning dirt and putting yeah. putting the resources to work in the resource and, and still accomplishing uh, the mission and bringing mission delivery to to people's backyards and, and their their local areas. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting when you when you contact me about this, I, um, you know, thought, yeah, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. And then, you know, I figured it was going to come down to this. You know, what do you what do you highlight You know, with all the work that everybody's doing? What do yeah. you what do you even how do you how do you even start? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, 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 the crew is, is doing a fantastic job. I mean, let's, I'll, I'll just talk, I'll take it in segments if you don't mind. No, I'll please. Just, let's, let's take, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're so heavily involved with the forest service, for example, and, you know, all, all that, all that public land that, uh, the forest service, you know, manages on behalf of, of, of us really, um, all that public land that's available for, you know, hunting, fishing, trapping, whatever whatever people want to do. Um, and, and we're just having such a huge impact. I think, I think every district biologist in the East is involved in, you know, stewardship partnership work with the forest service, um, from, you know, Matt Tabona, who's working with staff on the white mountain national forest, you know, down to Ricky Lackey, um, in Florida and then all, you know, Derek Elkire and, you know, Alabama, um, you know, Kentucky, uh, Jeremy Everett's, I mean, Jeremy Everett's in Arkansas, right? I mean, the guy, he's got, you know, at least a dozen open stewardship projects with the Forest Service in Arkansas alone at any given time. Um, the amount of acres that they're improving is is incredible. Um, you know, it, it, and it's just um, one of those successes that the state agency in, in Arkansas has even jumped onto, and they're you know they're providing support to make sure that that work continues. Um, you know, we'll, we'll I guess we'll we'll you know kind of going around the territory um summarizing things i'll, I'll yeah. just you know speak a little more about arkansas and it's it's been promoted quite a bit um jeremy's work with with the national forests in, in arkansas has been pretty um widely touted for good reason i mean it's just been a long-standing um partnership project that has improved so many acres and you know i know the i know the hunting quality not just turkey hunting but you know the deer hunting and um, everything else that that you can pursue out there is is improved. The wildlife habitat, the species benefits are just amazing out there um, on the national forest. And you know, Jeremy would be upset with me if I pinpointed exactly where, because I think he he runs around <laughs> and, and chases him out there a little bit. He's been known to, right? So, um, but no, in, in all seriousness, I mean, it's just a fantastic place. And I know Jeremy would would encourage anybody and everybody to go out there and, and check it out. Um, you know, the Ozark St. Francis. Um, you know, just the, in, in the amount of work that's going on, um, 
spread. I mean, you've probably heard, you know, read some of the stuff um, in the magazine online um, about what Jeremy's doing and with, with our partners and, you know, not, you know, one, one thing too, that um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention about Arkansas and some of the work we do, it's not, you know, maybe not as known as um, we have a forester and that works in the, in the bottomland hardwood, the alluvial Valley Delta region of Arkansas along the Mississippi river. Um, really important work being done there um, where, you know, the forester Sid um, is working with private landowners and helping them uh, improve their habitat for wildlife. And, you know, the, that area of the state, um, well, the Alluvial Valley region in general um, could be in really, you know, where, where there's great habitat, there's great turkey, great turkey numbers mm. and, you know, good hunting. Um, and obviously it's known for waterfowl as well in that region. And, you know, the, but the work that, that Sid's doing with private landowners is going to be key to make sure that, you know, in perpetuity, there's going to be, you know, great habitat that, um, you know, wildlife are going to need. Because, you know, we do a ton of work on public land, um, but where we can have an impact on private land is, is extremely important as well. Um, you know, and, and the work that Sid's doing to help connect, you know, forested landscapes um, is, is a, it's a big deal. And, you know, we're hoping to continue, if not expand that effort moving forward. That's one of the, one of the goals that we're, we're talking about as a team here in the East is expanding some of our impact in the Alluvial Valley region, um, not just in Arkansas, but um, further along the river as well. Landowner relations is a, is a constant, um, I don't know if calling it a struggle is too much of an exaggeration, but at a minimum, it's a challenge and it's a challenge throughout the entire country. So have you noticed or has there been a direct benefit to working with the state agencies and the forest division to, you know, working on these private parcels, uh, helping them improve? Are these people now more open to open access and sharing what they have, especially on these large tracts of land and allowing people to come on to their privately held lands to to hunt and recreate? Uh, Have those relationships improved because uh, we're providing a resource to improve what they, what they own. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure it varies, right. I can't, can't mm. speak to that one, you know, specifically sure. to say, yeah, you know, that's that, you know, cause it's, it, you know, it's not, it's not part of the deal really. Sure. I mean, our staff are going out and working with the landowners to, you know, help them provide them, provide them the information they need to make an informed decision about improving their land. And a lot of the landowners take the information, um, that they're given and then ultimately do decide to make the improvement make the improvements. Um, you know, I, I do know that, you know, a lot of those landowners already hunt and have people that, that do hunt. Mm-hmm. So it's, if, if they're not opening the access, it's not because they're not sure, allowing sure. hunting. It's just that, you know, it's kind of, you know, that, that permission is already granted within. Um, I'm sure some of them do allow permission, um, you know, for, from others if, if asked, but you know, that varies. I think there's still that gradient. Um, you know, as far as, you know, what, you know, where landowners have that um, temperament to allow more open access, um, you know, there, there's, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I, I think it just, you know, that, that. It's probably hard to quantify, to right? Because yeah. it's not something we're measuring. It's just anecdotal. Right. And I yeah. found in my travels and over the years that knowledge is power. And when somebody, um, you know, that has some sort of, you know, air finger quote authority has a, a hat like yours or a shirt yeah. like mine, uh, you introduce yourself and, and kind of give yourself some, some clout and then you start educating 
and people are willing to have good conversations, uh, yeah. things change, minds change and, and attitudes change. And it's, you know, if you're willing to uh, go on and help them improve, you know, their own plot of land and people take such pride in, uh, I got to imagine, and, and I know for a fact, at least up here that it, it has changed minds. So, you know, as, yeah. as you're listening to this and you're hearing Doug talk about the value in that, I mean, you may know somebody in your family, you may yourself may not know uh, what to do with all the soil you're sitting on and, you know, Doug's team and, and our organization can, can be a benefit and, and be yeah. a resource for you. Yeah, that's right. And, and I do think there's stories out there where, you know, landowners, after hearing about the work that, that we do and having the conversation, because it's all about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned it. Um, as that trust is built with the staff that are providing these landowners the, the advice, um, you know, and the conversations take place, they hear about you know, the full suite of what we, what we do, what our volunteers are involved in. I think, you know, there's, there's cases, you know, in, in across the country where these landowners have opened the door to maybe a chapter event, whether it's a, a youth event, a women's event, um, a wheel and sportsman type event, you know, that, that have opened those doors in that regard um, once they start to get more familiar with mm. what we do. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, and those are great. And I also think too, there's that component where, like you said, it's knowledge is power. And as, as our staff are also talking with them and, you know, maybe, maybe a landowner didn't realize the impact that deer are having, you know, in the understory and, and you know, overpopulation of deer too high of a density. Hmm. Um, and as our staff walk with them and talk to them and point out, like, this is how, you know, you have too many deer, you know, seeing those signs, it, it I'm sure it's opening up their eyes yeah. to, to needing to um, you know, allow more access. All right. Continue the tour to keep, yeah. keep taking us around the region. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, you know, as, as we'll, we'll go back, you know, I started <laughs> from North to South, so sure. we'll, we'll just kind of go back the other way. Um, you know, we'll go, you know, down towards, uh, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, again, just more, uh, more stewardship projects with the forest service. Um, you know, I think there's the amount of impact we're having. I think, um, to, to put it to put a bow on the on the stewardship work, um, I know that we are, you know, typically one of the largest timber buyers of for, from the of the Forest Service um, in the country. You know, annually when that when that information is made available, um, that's because the amount of stewardship projects that that we're involved in. And you know, if you don't mind, I'll just just real quick, you know, in, in summary, what what that means is, you know, we'll have these agreements where um, there's there's more or less a, a timber sale component. And, you know, we'll have, we'll have a, um, con, you know, somebody come in and remove the timber. And then with the revenue that's generated from that timber sale side of this, that's put back on the ground on the national forest, that, that timber sale revenue doesn't go back to, you know, DC or, or somewhere else. It's, that money is meant to um, generate um, improvements in habitat work um, for, for wildlife um, and, and other resource concerns as well. So we take that money and um, put it back on the ground for wildlife habitat improvements. And, you know, that could range from anything from removing in, invasive species, um, planting wildlife openings, um, you know, doing um, crop tree release. And, and that's just a fancy term for saying that, you know, if you've got um, mature trees that are shading out, um, out starting to outcompete more beneficial trees like white oak, for example, you know, you can... Um, remove those trees that may not have much timber value and it costs money. So you're using that revenue to, to take care of something like that. So we do a lot of that kind of work across the country um, in, the, in that we are one of the um, largest you know, timber buyers for the Forest Service. 
you know, each year um, speaks volumes about, um, pardon the pun, about about how how much of an impact we have. Um, so that you know, we we get a lot of acres done for for wildlife habitat, wild turkeys, and and it and the sportsmen and women that utilize those areas benefit. And and there's you know, there's a big reason why we do that. I want to I want to hit on this real quick, and I don't want to derail yeah. where you're going with it, but I no, think yeah. it's an important point to be made because again the goal of this episode here is if you're just picking this up for the first time and wondering what it is that we do you know why is it important for forest management and when Doug's talking about different trees out competing other trees like anybody that's walking around say here in my backyard would look at my my parcel of land I'm like man that's a beautiful forest you have all this hemlock all these beautiful evergreens it's just so much but it's all worthless because the property was never managed and it's a small piece anyway. I don't have like a hundred acres, right? But it's all this old growth. And if, if people aren't taking a uh, ecology or uh, wildlife management 101 in their freshman year of their undergrad, you know, that doesn't make sense to them. What is old growth versus a new growth forest? And why is that benefit? And what is the pros and cons of that? And you may have a beautiful hundred acre forest that Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin are running around in, but it means nothing to the, to the resources and to the animals and the wildlife, because it's all, it's just aged out. Right. And so managing that and what Doug's talking about doing these, these cuts and allowing new beneficial young uh, trees and soft mass, hard mass uh, species to take hold that are direct beneficiaries to the wildlife for, for food and cover. Um, you know, that's, that's an important point. And, and, kind of put it in layman's terms to be made. So, you know, yeah. again, anyone that's hearing this for the first time, like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. we got to feed yeah. them. Otherwise they're going to go somewhere else. They're not going to hang around just looking at pretty trees because it serves them no purpose. Right. Yeah. It's, it's about diversity, right? Not just, you know, it, to have diverse wildlife, you got to have diverse habitat. Yeah. And, you know, if you have just one, one age um, of a forest stand, it, it you know, it's going to benefit a certain, you know, suite of species. And, um, but if you have, a mix of habitat over, over the landscape, you know, young forest mixed, you know, young and old openings that, you know, it's, it's going to promote um, a, a, a significant number of species that otherwise wouldn't be there if it was just one, one, one type of tree or, or one age class mm. of tree. So right. that diversity is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a large part of, of why we do, I mean, you know, turkeys, you know, are considered generalists, but um, you know, the reality is in certain seasons, they need, they need specific type of, of cover um sure. you know, hens need hens need good nesting cover broods need you know when when the when the poults hatch out they need they need to be able to quickly get to where they can find insects because you know 90 percent of their diet once they hatch for the first couple of weeks is insects so you know that you gotta you gotta have that in close proximity to the nest if they've got to walk very far you know call it the death march i mean it's sure they're just going to get picked off um so yeah it's really important to have that diversity and um you know, turkeys will benefit from it for sure. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, and and it's not, you know, I know I was talking, you know, I was focused on, on forest service work, um, our partnership there, and that's hugely important for us, but we also have a number of state wildlife and forestry agencies that we, we partner with, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll move over to, um, to Florida and I'll, I'll just, um, you know, put a shine a light on some of the work that Ricky and and staff and the volunteers are, are doing down there. Um, you know, Ricky has done a, a great job, Ricky Lackey and our district biologist in Florida, working with our partners. Um, and they developed a cost share program where we're taking that um, state chapter super fund money, um, which is 
funds that were derived from local chapter banquets. Um, and, and they, you know, Ricky is partnering and our volunteers are partnering with the state wildlife and forestry agencies, and they've got a cost share program and they fund a significant amount of work on public land. Um, you know, they improve, I forgot what the number was when I looked it up, you know, but, um, I think it's, it's close to about 70,000 acres that they're planning to improve, you know, this coming year, um, with the money. Um, and you know, they'll, you know, they combine that money with, with other, other funds, right. It's not just the state, it's not just the super fund dollars from the chapter banquets that, um, are used here. You know, we're, you know, trying to challenge ourselves to can, you know, find other dollars to make, you know, $1, $4 or $100, Bingo. $500. I mean, it's, it's, we, we've, that's, that's the, one of the main benefits, you know, there's a lot of benefits to partnering. I mean, we can't, we can't do it alone, period. But, you know, you put the minds together of all the partners, you put their month, the financial resources, the technical expertise, who the landowners are, it, it's got to all come together. And, um, you know, we, we just, the, the, the bang for the buck is, is incredible. Um, when you start to look at how our staff stretch these dollars through these different partnerships and grants. That is one thing I, I, I definitely wanted you to hit on, or I wanted to hit on both of us. <clears throat> Again, for the new person coming up, becoming a member, you know, what I talked about that at the beginning, my $35 and the power. Well, you just hit on it. If you're 34, if your $35 membership has a power of four, six, or even 10, now your $35 is worth $350. And if you look at that across the landscape and we're talking 200,000 members, 250,000 members, we're reaching to 300,000 members. Yeah. That is significant. Huge. That is powerful. Huge. Yeah. It's amazing what, you know, that what $35 can turn into with, with the right, like you said, partnerships and the right motivations. I mean, let's face it. There's a whole bunch of us uh, in the same non uh, nonprofit space that do a lot of upland habitat stuff. And uh, we all work with the same state agencies. There's only so many agencies, right? Yeah. So we all work together and parlay all those monies into, into match dollars. That's a whole lot of good that's getting done. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'll, I'll hop back over to actually um, Alabama. You know, we'll talk about, you know, a little bit of, of what they're doing. I mean, the, the, some of the money they're using when you talk about partnerships, it's all, you know, there's there's a, a big portion of what they allocate every year, um, you know, for, for spending that goes to longleaf um, pine related work. And, you know, that is I mean, if, if anybody that that turkey hunts in longleaf country knows that if you're in the right, if you're in well managed longleaf, you're in turkey, you're in turkey heaven. Mm. Uh, and so there's there's a lot of money that that. Um, you know, not just Alabama, but some of the other states, you know, pour into longleaf uh, related management to make sure that, you know, we're, um, you know, we're, 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 we're having great, you know, that's, that's just perfect habitat. I mean, there's no other way to put it um, when it's well managed. And the, um, you know, I, I wanted to touch on that specifically to, to hit on the initiative point um, and how, um, you know, the initiative, although, you know, the, the longleaf initiative is, it's not an NWTF initiative necessarily we're a big part of it we we deliver a lot you know we're a big partner within it um and and that's just one way like you know these states like alabama and florida and uh you know the, the all these states that contribute to um managing longleaf with our partners it, it's it just makes a huge difference um because these initiatives are bringing in so many partners that have you know different reasons for being a part of it but when everybody's contributing, as we as we just touched on, 
the impact it can have on the ground is it's incredible. Um, and it, it just stretches the dollars. So I just wanted to tip my hat to, you know, what Alabama's um, been doing and, and I'm not trying to shortchange any, any state, you know, we're, we're skipping around. Um, you know, I just, you know, as these things pop up, we're just having this conversation and, and, and things are coming to yeah, yeah. mind about what staff are involved in. So, um, you know, everybody's involved and, in, you know, doing this type of work and, you know, we're, they'll, everybody understands like, you know, Derek Elkire, you know, this, the territory that he covers, uh, Alabama, you know, they're just, they, they know that long leaf is turkey gold. So they're going to continue to support that kind of work. Um, so that initiative, then I want to, I, I don't know if it's a, appropriate to call it an elephant in the room or not, but you know, that, that region, Alabama, Mississippi has mm-hmm. seemingly been kind of plagued over the last, I don't know, a handful of years that there's a decline in population. So there's heavy involvement and, and, yeah. and earnest interest in, in building that back up. Um, I know there's plenty of backyard biologists out there that have their own theories. Uh, we work in facts and, and science and, yeah. and, and that's what we go off of. Uh, we are a science based organization. So, but inevitably uh, you can have all the facts and science in the world and still a lot of wild, wildlife uh, policy is, is shaped by popular opinion. So, you know, there's a, perhaps a challenge there in, in, uh, not outreach, but education and, and trying to, um, convey these, these facts, these numbers and, and what, what is going on on the ground there in that particular region. What do you, what, what have we come up with? What is going on kind of in that Gulf region, um, are, are we on a, a decline there? Has has the population plateaued? This has been a historic, uh, like you said, a turkey heaven, a turkey nirvana when yeah, when yeah. managed the right way. Where where are we at there? And talk to the people in in the Gulf area about you know their turkey population. Yeah, I, I think you know it, it's it's a lot like um, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't make that comparison. I know you know we're at my home state, New York, you know, we, we've been in a Turkey decline, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a number of years, um, you know, and, and so, um, you know, there's no one silver bullet, that's for sure. Um, you know, if it was that easy, you know, that would probably be, be fixed. Right. I mean, sure. you know, when, when you, when you're talking about landscape level habitat changes over decades, um, you know, from the time populations were at their peak, um, with all the with all the pressures on the resources and and you know the habitat you know across the landscape, um, you know there, there's populations are going to change. I mean we know wild tur- first of all wild turkeys are a prey species. The numbers are going to cycle from year to year. Um, we know weather has a huge impact um, uh, on on annual production. You know if if you get if you get the cold wet. Um, you know, scenario during, you know, the nesting and, and broodering period, early broodering period, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a bad recipe for, for production. Um, you know, and the reality is, you know, you get, you get one, two good years, you know, you get one good year that helps, you, you know, you get two good years of production in a row. Um, you'll start to see a significant rebound. Um, but that takes, you know, it, it, it takes the weather to cooperate, which we can't control. Um, we can, we're, we're doing as much habitat work as we possibly can. Um, you know, there's also the pressures, like you mentioned, the political pressures, um, you know, and you think about, um, you know, a lot, you know, I didn't touch on the specifics of the long leaf management. I talked about how, you know, 
great the habitat is when, it, when it's well managed, but mm. you know, prescribed fire is a huge part of what makes Longleaf such a um, quality place for, for turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and without that, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, poorly managed stands that, you know, a lot of wildlife don't want to go into. It doesn't take very long, you know, for it to become poor habitat. So that social license, if you will, to be able to um, have that management um, prescribed fire type management through those stands on a, you know, pretty regular basis Two, you know, two, three, four, five years, every, every, you know, few years, it's gotta be, it's gotta be burned to maintain that open understory um, to be a quality stand. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not easy for, um, you know, for in, in with some of the, um, political pressure, I guess, you know, for, for everybody to just go out and let, you know, to, to have their, you know, property well-managed, mm. you know, through, e- even through having, you know, an appropriate burn plan and, and having everything, all the bases covered that you need, you know, to do that type of management. It's not easy in a lot of places because of that, uh, social license, political pressure, that sort of thing. So, um, so that, that's a tough part of it. Um, again, it's, it, it's, it's not the silver bullet. Um, you know, there's, there's not a one size fits all fix to everything. Um, we, you know, we're approaching it as, um, let's figure out what we can do to improve the habitat, to set turkeys up so that whenever conditions are right, um, in that, you know, warm, dry, um, spring, early summer nesting season that they're going to, um, you know, that you're going to, you're going to real, they're really going to rebound pretty quick. Um, so, so yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's just one, one type of habitat management issue that, um, we're running into that, um, you know, could, could really have a big impact. So, uh, so what's the opposition, right? I mean, what's the, what's the social pushback on the burns? Cause I mean, I can, I can tell you from being a Joe Schmo cruising Facebook, uh, it, you know, I, I liken the burns to, to, a, a, a good old, um, PETA trapping propaganda piece, right? Every time uh, PETA puts out a, uh, a red box and a, you know, a leg hold trap, you know, it's, it, it's this menacing picture and there's a, there's a narrative to it. Well, like, like that there inevitably once a year, there's this burnt out turkey nest of eggs mm. and rabble rabble. Everyone is up in arms, but this stuff doesn't, isn't just done willy nilly, right? There's there's considerations, there's, yeah. there's all this thought and science. And I, you know, like we're talking here about in, in totality of, you know, the past year and, and, and our achievements, it's kind of like, you know, we, we have a hard time telling this part of our story. Yeah. We, yeah. we always do. And we're trying to be better about it. So like with the burning, uh, we maybe haven't sold this right or have a hard time espousing its virtues or people just haven't gotten the message. Um, you started touching on it. You know, it, it, it's required in order to keep the understory clear so you can promote uh, beneficial growth and, and allow for that habitat to be uh, navigable for, for critters. Um, you know, it, Take talk about you know what's taken into account when these prescribed burns are are put into motion and all the different people that are at play in here and all the people that are are blessing these things are not just you know throwing a match and okay let it go yeah yeah no I I think you know for this part and, and it's a, you know it's a great point that you raised I mean we'll 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 kind of touch on the growing season burn um, aspect 
because that's that's really you know you talk about the the burn nest picture that pops up every year and it creates a storm and um you know the reality is you know yeah you know that 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 does happen in um you know every year with the picture and more than likely that hen's going to be able to go somewhere else if if she's not able to return and, and continue to incubate that nest because you know research has found that that can happen um you know if if she can't she'll have the opportunity to go somewhere and and, and re-nest um that habitat that was burned um if it wasn't um within another year or two the the likelihood that um, hens are going to nest in that cover is not very good. Um, you know, well-managed, um, frequently burned, um, cover, you know, is, is more beneficial for the overall, the greater good mm -hmm. of the turkey population. I mean, we're not, we're not managing for individuals we're managing for population. That's exactly right. Um, and, and so, you know, the overall benefits of that landscape being burned and managed well. Um, is providing many more um, opportunities for turkeys to increase their numbers than that one nest that if the hen did lose it, she's got the opportunity to go somewhere else and re-nest anyway. Um, so is it, so you're saying it's possible, and I want to be clear on this, that if fire did roll through a nest, that those eggs are still, there's still, still hope for a clutch. I mean, as long as they've not been popped open and hard-boiled. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, technically it's still possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, granted you're, you know, depending on, you know, the cover that still remains, she, it, it may or may not work out um, because if, you know, the fire swept through, sure. you know, the, the cover around it's probably not going to be very, you know, certainly not what it was. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, she can go somewhere else and, and re-nest. Yeah. Um, That's something I actually didn't know. I thought yeah. that might've been a done thing. So there's, there's still a chance. Yeah, I mean it's it, you know it, you got to hit it at you yeah. know, if the temp the temperature of the of the burn and, right. and the 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 stage of the egg. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that have to play in, but yeah, it's it's technically possible. Wow, um, but it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's again, it's um, another one of those things. Turkeys never cease to amaze you on, on what they can do and yeah. you know how they survive. Yeah. Right on. Well, I don't want to devolve into a whole burn controversy, no, but I, it's out there and it, I think yeah. it's a benefit to to kind of explain it and just kind of, you know, give it a little breath and talk about it. And so That's people right. can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. I'm glad you, glad you hit on it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess too, you know, before I get too far line, just, I mentioned initiatives. I'm, I talked about the long leaf and that, I think that's one of the things we're, you know, as a group, we're excited about moving forward is, is just, um, you know, we are trying to work, um, not trying to, I mean, we're, we're, we're moving, you know, we've moved more towards an initiative base, you know, we're trying to have landscape scale impacts, you know, with our, with the work that we're doing. Um, and, and a lot of the work that we've done, I mentioned that, you know, the, the cost share program that Ricky has and, uh, down in Florida with the volunteers and partners. And, you know, he's expanding that in some other states. Jeremy, actually, Jeremy Everett's picked that up and, and they're rolling with something similar in Arkansas. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to tier the work that we're doing into these bigger picture initiatives. Um, and, and even, you know, at some, you know, we've been talking as a group about, you know, maybe creating our own um, initiative, something that, you know, basically shows the commitment of the work that we're doing, you know, for, you know, Longleaf. Uh, White Oak Initiative, um, Young Forest type of work up in the Northeast, you know, 
how, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to, you know, maybe come up with our, our own initiative here and, and, and package that work into something, um, you know, with an NWTF hat on it, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm. And, and so that's something that our, our staff are, are really excited about here. And, the, and we've been excited about it as, as the year end conversations have, um, you know, taken place tied, tied to doing something like that. So I'm looking at, I'm looking forward to picking that back up in January and, and seeing where that takes us. What do you, what is on the, what's on the table? Is there anything you can talk about or pull the curtain back a little bit? Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's really early. So, you know, as far as pulling back the curtain, you know, we're, we're just, we're just in this stage where, um, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, what, what area are we going to impact? Uh, do we want to cover, you know, what resource concerns does it, you know, we're, 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 we haven't even like really honed in on, you know, the, the geography, mm. you know, and, and all that stuff. So it's really early. Um, I know staff are excited about it though. And, you know, we're, it's one of those things we, we started the conversation um, this afternoon about teamwork and, you know, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too far ahead, mm. um, you know, with, with that, with everything, cause we're going to be bringing in other departments and, and trying to um, figure out the best way and, you know, bring in our, you know, other field staff and, um, you know, our communications team and, you know, we're, we're going to be getting input from, from a lot of different arenas to, to figure out the best approach. And it's exciting. Um, I love a good yeah. tease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that, maybe we're, we're setting up for the, for another, another, uh, discussion with, with you down the road. Well, for so, sure. That'll, yeah. that's definitely going to happen. No doubt about it. But as a, as a, you know, lower 48 in totality, you know, where, where are we at as an organization, you know, are telling our story, communicating that to the masses, you know, it's, it's easy, I think, to wax about uh, traditional habitat and places where turkeys have always been, the ebb and flows of, of, of population and carrying capacity and things that come with that. But I, I still remain uh, inspired um, and intrigued by these non-traditional spaces like out in the West where, you know, these birds have just thrived you said there you said earlier they're generalists they figure it out oh you know it's there's so much good stuff being done here in the east central part of the country all the way out in the west there's some exciting work being done in colorado um more to come on that uh where where's the country at in, in in a grand scheme of things going into 2022 yeah, I think while well, you hit on it, I think um, you know the work that is going on out west. I mean, there's some there's some really big um, landscape scale work you know going on out out west that I'm you know looking at as is kind of a that that template that that I want to try to follow. Um, you know the, the the number of partners that um, are being brought in to you know do some of this work that that's being planned um, and how they're going about it. Uh, it, it's just, um, something that I'd like to, you know, copy and paste really, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's part of the challenge, um, that I'm looking forward to in, in 22 is, you know, as we're, as you know, I mentioned, I did the tease for the initiative, right. Mm. So, um, it's, it's kind of set the bar. And so, you know, that's, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, mirror that. And, and that's, I mean, the, the excitement that's been built around, um, I mean, I think it was at our last convention, you know, some of the presentations and, and that were made, um, you know, the, 
the high level folks from the Forest Service and NRCS that were in attendance, you know, at our at our at the last convention that we were able to have tied to what's going on out there. Um, you know, it, it was pretty pretty remarkable. Um, you know, we um, we we kind of we see it day in and day out. You know, and and we sometimes maybe take for granted the amount of impact and and how respected we are as an organization. Um, and and to take a step back and think about, you know, the amount of credibility that we have as an organization built around the partnerships and in the work that we do, not just on the ground, but you, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, even the, the policy side to, you know, the work that we do on a policy front, um, has built our credibility incredibly. Um, and, and so that, that lends itself to partners wanting to come to the table Mm -hmm. with us, maybe more so than we give ourselves credit for. So again, that's, both the challenge and and the excitement, the opportunity, um, you know, it, it's it's right there. Um, and in a large, uh, like I said, a large part of that kind of ties into what's been happening out in the western part of the country and mm. in the central as well. So, um, we, there's there's been a lot of work going on for a long time, um, you know, in the east, but you know, and in, in a lot of great work. And we're just trying to look look at different ways to, to package that and build from it and, and make it bigger. I've said it before in the past, that especially when um, this podcast four years ago, whatever, when it, when I kicked it off was new is, um, you know, like uh, the Northeast New England specifically and, and the West is reminding me of the Northeast and I've, I've termed it a uh, Western Renaissance, mm-hmm. but the work that we're doing in these two ends of the country, they're, they're, they're behind a lot of the Southern traditional areas. Right. So like, it's all new to us and not new. It's not like super new. It's, it's been going on for a decade and a half or plus. Right. But the excitement we see here in the Northeast, like Maine, for example, is I think a phenomenal example of what, what responsible, uh, <laughs> what responsible management, uh, when put into place can be and what, what that can do on the landscape. Um, so at my point to this, you know, what's going on here in the Northeast, what's going on out West, this, all this excitement, uh, you're still moving turkeys and, and cardboard boxes, you know, that was yeah. done so long ago. Um, do you think it's just really taken for granted and I'm getting to the, my place where you have Jason Hart and I talked on this in one of our early episodes of the relaunch of this podcast. He completed his 49 state super slam. I am intrigued. I love that. I'm on my own quest. Um, I'm not yeah. looking to knock it out in like three years because I can't afford it. But over a lifetime, I hope to visit every beautiful state in our, in our union and providences in Canada once they eventually open up again and harvest turkeys in these spots, just because yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah. Do you think and no pressure to answer this, but I have my own opinions that we have done such a good job, such a good job working with our partners over the last two and a half to three decades of restoring the wild turkey, that the appreciation for our history, the conservation story, the people like you, the Bob Erickson's of the world, sleeping yeah, in yeah. vans, smelling of body odor for days, not seeing their wives or loved ones, right? These are anecdotal facts uh, and, and, and details, but they're important to understand. This didn't happen just because people showed up and spent 35 bucks. It happened because they cared. 
Yeah. And having because there was partnerships and it took a lot to make these animals and all the other beneficiaries on the landscape thrive. It didn't just it didn't just happen because we wanted it to because we love turkeys. And I think now and going into 2022, you have social media being the behemoth that it is, people uh, wanting Insta fame, YouTube and otherwise. That's all well and good. I just wonder if there's an appreciation and, and I hope like through this podcast and you coming on here and telling the conservation side of it, that we're instilling this, this, this history, you know, there, there's a Genesis for all of this. And I think a lot of it's been lost and I'm, and I'm hoping that as people go out through the landscape and they're, you know, notching their belts, that there's an understanding of what's gone into this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Fred. I mean, I I really, you know, as you're talking, I think um, I'm glad you mentioned Bob Erickson's name too. I mean, you know that 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 you know just the impact that that he's had, you know, both from a from his work with the State Wildlife Agency in New Jersey and and when he worked for, with us, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of my most um, significant mentors, um, you know, I, for sure. But as you're talking, I, I I'm thinking about you know that. Um, you know, yeah. Do we is 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 there that appreciation for for where we've been? You know, how far you know wild turkey conservation has come, where where it started. Um, and I think about the the museum at um, Allegheny State Park in in southwestern New York that memorializes the history of restoration, the impact that the state park has had, um, not just in New York, because you know, you know the the short story is that you know when when birds first began to be seen in New York again um, after extirpation. They moved up north from Allegheny National Forest where there was a remnant population and, you know, dedicated agency biologists like Fred Evans, um, you know, saw the opportunity to, um, again, partner with the state park and, and other private landowners to, you know, trap some of those birds and move them into to good habitat in New York. And then that expanded to, you know, Jim Cardoza, the uh, former uh, turkey biologist in Massachusetts mm -hmm. um, and, and similar um, staff, you know, agency staff members in other states, you know, working with Fred and, and others to, you know, have birds from New York move to their respective states and um, the impact that locations like Allegheny have had. So now they have a museum display memorializing and, and detailing exactly the role and in, in, in the, you know, highlighting the, the important people um, and, and just the impact that that's had. So, there are places where um, I, I feel confident that, you know, people are going to be able to learn if they, if they aren't already, um, you know, I, I'd like to see more of those types of, yeah. um, you know, displays. And, and, you know, I think over time too, I mean, you know, our, our magazine does a phenomenal job, you know, talking about, you know, the history and, you know, we, there's, there's, you know, it's a great resource for some of that information periodically when, when there's articles written about that, but um you know, I just, you know, to me personally, I, I hope that those, those stories are never lost because every state has its own story, the, mm. the challenges and, and how they went about it. And, you know, you have you have ongoing uh, restoration work like in East Texas. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, birds, Coming from birds, Maine. Birds from Maine, um, you know, last last year, North Carolina and some other states that that have helped, um, you know, and with, with that program. And, um, you know, so so it's it's still going on. And, you know, I remember, you know, kind of the, um, you know, before, before working for the Turkey Federation, we were still moving birds on Long Island. Um, 
to the far eastern end of Long Island, and, mm. and so you know that that was successful, and 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 now there's there, there's some turkey hunting opportunity in 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 that area, um, you know. So, um, yeah, those are stories that I I really hope we can solidify and, and make sure we don't lose because you know you think about when when trapping and transfer efforts were really going on, we didn't have all the apps and all the technology we have these days. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the information is just on pen and paper. Yeah. It's on freaking uh, microfiche yeah. in some library getting yeah. yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old school slides. You know, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, it, and that's important. I mean, you know, to, to see that all that come together for that museum display was pretty special. And, and, you know, I, it's just, to me, those are, those are important points that I'm glad you brought up. It's, you know, we can't lose that history. We can't, and because you're going to have a whole generation, and I've heard it espoused that this, what we're in right now, even though there's some declines, Airfinger, again, yeah. decline, um, we are in the golden age of, of wild turkey restoration, wild turkey management, conservation, hunting, at all. Um, these are the good old days that we're going to look back. Because someday, I mean... I, I, I'm a firm believer the earth, nature, it's all bigger and badder than than any of us. And human beings have this this folly of thinking we can control everything and we do our damnedest and it's all well intended. But inevitably, the big rock that keeps turning, uh, it, it works it all out. Right. Yeah. So at some point, uh, turkeys aren't going to be somewhere for an extended period of time. Right? It's just it just comes and goes. There's, it's it's going to happen. I hope I never see it in my lifetime. I hope my kids, my grandkids, if I have them. Never see that because we've done such a good job. Uh, you, your partnerships, they all have done such a remarkable job since what the mid sixties and, and on. Um, but it's going to happen. So let's not, let's not lose perspective of where we are in the Turkey history, wild Turkey timeline, right. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. of how good we have it. We had to get there, get here from somewhere, and and, and I want to make sure, you know. And I, <clears throat> I told you on the text earlier, I had a something I was gonna, I was gonna pitch to you, and oh, I'm gonna yeah. do it off air. But the more we talk about it, the more this idea is solidifying, uh, okay. and I'm, I'm getting super excited thinking about it. Um, so and I, and I think you will too. But there, there, we need to have more of a recorded history. Uh, beyond the microfiche and and old uh, you know green notebooks that biologists are famous for those stand books and just writing notes right. as the ink yeah, fades right away. Yeah. What uh, Doug? What what do you think? Uh, you know, challenges. Top two challenges, maybe that. Or, uh, I don't even put a number on. What's what's the couple biggest challenges you think going forward in the next couple of years? You know, we're transitioning as a as a as an organization. Uh, some of our branding, we're going from Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt Initiative, and we hit all of those out of the park, right? All those uh, those benchmarks, and we're embracing and we're imploring uh, healthy, healthy habitats, healthy harvests. Yeah. Going into 2022, what does that mean to you? Where are we going with that uh, as an organization and, and with our, our volunteer force? Yeah, I think um, so. It, it's It's all exciting. Um, you know, coming up on, on, you know, the anniversary that, you know, the, you know, wrapping up, save the habitat, save the hunt, which, you know, we, we blew it out of the water. Um, you know, just all the, all the goals, um, you know, we, we're, we've set ourselves up for the next run, um, really well. Uh, and, and I think, you know, from a challenge perspective, I think it's just going to be, um, 
it's going to come down to making sure that we stick to the science, right? I mean, there's there's all the pressures, you know, about, you know, or, you know, a lot of people like to say what we should do. You know, you can be shooted a lot, you know, you mm. should do this, you should do that. And it's it's really just making sure that, you know, whether it's the policy work we do um, <laughs> that we're involved in, um, the habitat work that we're involved in, what, you know, the, the R3, the 100 recruitment retention, just following the science. What what does the research tell us works? Um, what does the science tell us is the right side to be on from a policy perspective? Just making sure that that we we stay true to that, and um, you know, no reason to think that we wouldn't. I mean, we're that's that's what that's just what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow the science, um, and and I, you know, we're going to continue to do that, and just making sure that you know, there, yeah, there are some areas where where populations are declining um, for sure, and you know, what is what is the research um, in those areas telling us? um about you know management implications and what what can we do you know so that we're we're following the science the new science um as well that helps shape where we're putting our resources where you know the 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 member that paid the 35 dollars the person the couple that went to the banquet and they're they're contributing to the raffles and money money comes back and we're 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 responsible to help our our volunteers um put that money on the ground so to speak and you know, making sure that we're doing it um, in the in the most important places, um, the right time, the right place, uh, and and bringing in all the partners we can to extend those dollars. I mean, that's that you know, those are things that are that are uh, going to be important moving forward. Um, you know, just like they were, you know, last year, ten years ago, they're going to continue to be important moving forward. Um, we're just going to do it with a different, um, you know, maybe looking at things at a different scale. Like I said before, trying to think bigger. Um, broader as far as trying like how do we turn that small project into a bigger project that can impact the landscape um and that that's it's going to be a big challenge um but one that i know we're all looking forward to meeting what do you say to the the guy or gal that year in and year out they show up to the banquet you show up and they know hey doug little i know what you do and i'm here to tell you man i've been coming for 10 years and you know i don't see anything getting done in my backyard I got turkeys everywhere. Now I heard some smart person say recently, and I thought it was a great way to put it. Like you, then the job has been done. If you are in a good spot and we're not turning to so much dirt in your specific area, then you've achieved it that, that we've gotten you in your area where we need you to be. Now we're focusing on other areas. It's not a matter of, we don't, we're not uh, interested in your corner of the world but there's other areas that require the resources dedicated to get that area of the country up to where you're at. Does that make sense? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I think so. And, and I, so you think about when, you know, NWTF was founded, it was, you know, largely based on, you know, raising money for, um, you know, to help fund, you know, trap and train, you know, research. And, you know, that was a big part of it too. Right. So, you know, where, you know, if, if we're contributing, just as an example, if we're contributing to a research project like, like in, in Maine or any other state, for example, you know, the, the actual work may be happening in a certain town, um, county, wildlife management unit, whatever, whatever the scale of that work may be that, you know, where the birds are being trapped or whatever, but the results are having implications much further than that, mm. um, you know, to, to that backyard. Um, the other thing I'll say too, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't think this is a stretch at all, but when we're doing habitat work you know we, we you know when as we're thinking about you know doing work at a landscape scale and initiative scale one of the things that i've learned is um you know 
okay, water is important to everybody. You know, we all drink water. Um, you know, and 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 it's like the water. It all you know, it all flows downhill. So if we're doing work that improves, you know, forested landscape, um, and in and in a part of a watershed that is helping to improve water quality, um, you know, we 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 may you know think specifically about the impacts for turkeys, but the forest management work we're doing helps. Um, impact a lot of resources hmm. and water quality being one of them. And so, you know, we're, we're having these impacts, um, I'll call it ancillary, but it's, it's, you know, they're direct. I mean, if, if you have healthy, healthy ecosystems, healthy forests, healthy harvest, um, it all flows downhill. So there's, there's impacts. Um, you can look at it. It just depends on the scale you're looking at it. You can look at it from, you know, that, that, the, the individual tree, you can look at it from the watershed. Um, just like we talked about, um, you know, we manage for the, for the population, not the individual bird. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. And I mean, you get down to the nitty gritty, sure. There's, there's programs, um, you know, that for that person that, that wants to know that there's something available to them. You know, I, I one of the things I, I wanted to mention is, you know, we have seed programs, you know, for our members, you know, somebody goes to a banquet, they spend $35, um, for, for a membership, they buy the meal, they contribute um, in different ways, raffles help um, help us raise the money. Uh, you know, any members eligible for, for our seed programs where they're offered in, in states, you know, across the country where our state chapters subsidize, you know, a cost of a bag of seed that they may, they may want to buy for a food plot in their back 40. Um, the conservation seed program, which is, you know, leftover seed that uh, can't be sold on the market. You know, our members are eligible to obtain that that seed and different states run it different ways. And so don't want to get into the nitty gritty on that kind of thing, but you know, there's, there, if, if somebody wants a benefit, there's something to be had. Um, in a lot of cases too, the benefit can be, you know, having the opportunity to help it at an event. I mean, you, you think about, um, the lives that have been turned around, um, you know, that, that have, um, been impacted by our outreach events. You know, you get somebody that, um, there's probably a lot of people that go to our banquets that just haven't been to one of our outreach events because they weren't invited. Mm. Um, and as soon as they do, they're, they're hooked and it, it changes, you know, it, it just changes their life, you know, because it's something that they never want to, they never want to miss again. Um, and that's, that's one of those things where it's, it, you know, they feel fulfilled being a part of it, but they, they're really impacting so many other people aside from, you know, just the benefits they receive. So anyway, it's, probably not exactly what you were looking for, but no, it's, it's fine to talk about that. I think it's, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's all part of it, right? I mean, yeah. you do see it some more than others with those outreach events, uh, and the sense of community. And that's, it's very apropos to bring it up because of, you know, what we've seen and what we've experienced, uh, especially with, uh, the onset of the pandemic, yeah. uh, the motivations, the different, the diversity of, of individuals, uh, backgrounds of folks that are coming into the fold and, and hanging around. So golly days, man. I mean, you get somebody that's in their mid twenties, early thirties, late adult onsen hunters, whatever we're calling them these days. Uh, and you know, somebody that's got a thirst for knowledge finds their way to a women in the outdoors event or, you know, some sort of outreach. I Matt in, um, uh, Vermont have done a great job with some, some chef cooking, you know, outreach yeah. and turning That's your right. wild harvest into palatable, tasty victuals. Um, you know, there's just all sorts of different things that are going on 
And uh, it's it's just getting the public hip to what we're doing. We got a lot of stuff going on, especially locally. And, um, you know, I it's there's some really cool things happening. Absolutely, there are. And and it you're right. It the the, the light you watch it 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 changes people, and it gives them. It's not just about. Uh, it's not just about going out in the spring killing something it it, it, it it's self-sustaining it maintains for the other 11 10 months out of the year that they're <clears throat> they're engaged they're looking forward to doing this okay i want to try that now what is that you know this little spider web diagram what does it web off into and you know yeah. new intricacies of of learning come in and you know i want to try this i want to try that and then before long you've you've you know going back to what you said about r3 you've completely recruited somebody retained them and and you've inspired them to do other things and ultimately that comes back because now they're vested and they're passionate and you know when it comes to reaching in their wallet to say yeah i believe here you go um you know we started the conversation talking about the big wheel and all the cogs i mean there you go yeah right right there um yeah, and I'm looking looking forward to this. so my son will my son will be old enough in New York to go spring turkey hunting this this year. He turns um, 12 in in a few weeks here, so mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to him hanging out at the local chapter barbecue here. Um, that nice. we hold and telling probably telling tall tales, but uh, that's just part of being in the club, right? That's <laughs> so. part of it. He did you take him to Florida? I did did not. No, he, okay. he did go to he did go to Pennsylvania a couple of years ago and we were oh so close. Yeah, yeah. Oh so close. I understand so that. He got Pennsylvania he got frustration. Of, yeah, he got a he got a taste of, of uh you know what it's like to to run into that gobbler that you wanna you mm-hmm. wanna name. So Wow. Yeah. What uh what can we look forward to in Nashville from the conservation side of the house? What do any any big plans? Any uh anything we can pull the, the curtain back on there? Any super surprises? Yeah, the conservation conference is coming together really well. Um, there's a couple days of, of seminars that are going to happen, open to anybody that's there. Um, you know, we're going to, um, you know, ha- hopefully, hopefully we have a full house. Um, looking for just man, I, I can't, I just can't wait to get there. You know, yeah. just to just to be around everybody. But yeah, we're we've got, um, you know, the the conservation conference is is typically the two day event, and um, you know, all kinds of seminars talking about the latest and greatest of, of what's happening on a partnership scale. Um, we'll be talking about initiatives. There's going to be, um, uh, you know, uh, seminars on, on hunter recruitment, retention, re- you know, the, that, that side of things, as well as the, the conservation arena, um, you know, just landscape scale partnerships, that sort of thing. So, um, uh, really looking forward to that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's time man it's time for everybody to get get together yeah right i agree how can people sign up for that is it something they can just register for or how do they go about getting involved and getting their ticket into that so the conservation conference is just open so the the seminar rooms um you know there'll be you know the 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 rooms will be posted in the agenda where the seminars are going to be held and you just just pop in show up yeah yeah and they're running all day or what, what are we looking at for a time commitment yeah, most most of the day. Yeah, I mean after after breakfast. Um, so the so Friday, you know, there's there is that uh, the conservation breakfast, um, and so that'll you know the it usually starts right after the breakfast concludes. So you'll have to run up from the from the ballroom to the yeah. um, to the seminar room. So, and you don't you know you you don't have to be in there all day. You can pick and choose what seminars you want to listen to. They'll all, you know they'll all be 
will all be posted so you can you know since there there's going to be sessions running concurrently you can you can take your pick at which one you want to go to and they're all subject matter specific yeah yep. they yep. are yeah yeah any anything you can allude the the audience to they can look forward to and start marking their calendars well it's um you know those that like i said those will be thursday and friday yep. um and you know there's there's just going to be some great talks i don't want to let the cat out of the bag before okay before cool this out, I, I respect you know, it still still yeah. coming together i trust yeah. me i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep it's all work till uh till february 20th and we start planning again february 21st <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yeah well man any uh any other parting words or any thoughts you wanted to get out that i i didn't cover no, you know, anytime you're running through a list of states and and, and trying to give a nod to, to what folks are working on, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to, um, I'm remiss and not pointing some things out, but I mean, you know, I didn't really get up to the Virginia, West Virginia, you know, area. No, we got time, man. I'm <laughs> nothing but time. Talk but no, about I just, it. I mean, there's just some, there's just some fantastic, you know, agency partnerships that we have and, um, you know, the, the national forest, um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention in Virginia, you know, just for an example of what's going on there, you know, we've got, um, there's such an incredible partnership. Our, our district biologist, Kelly McCurdy, um, yeah, in order to uh, recreate on, on the national forest in, in Virginia, you have to purchase a stamp and, and those funds are used to, um, that's a state stamp. It's a, it's a national forest stamp. Oh, okay. And, and so, um, there, there's a couple hundred thousand dollars sometimes every year that, that we're helping to administer on the ground for habitat work. Um, through an agreement that actually the state agency helps contribute to um, significantly. So um, every year they go through a round of um, proposals and they, you know, pare down which ones are going to get funded with the stamp money and, and we're heavily invested in that. And, and so that's just a, another one of those unique partnerships I wanted to highlight that, um, you know, it's just another way to, to get the job done. And Kelly does a fantastic job. And obviously, you know, Mitch and Mitch Blake in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. you know, the work we're doing there, um, it, it's been the hub of a lot of research um, over the years. And we have a strong relationship um, in, with, the, with the Game Commission. Um, you know, they're going to continue to do research, um, you know, and, and, and learn more. I mean, you know, the West Nile virus work that they did. I was just going to um, ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, the, and that's that's all available, you know, at the Game Commission website. There's reports that are up there that you can read. But, you know, bottom line is, you know, although uh, they it started with with looking at rough grouse and the impacts of West Nile. Um, and, and then so it, it trans, you know, basically, um, you know, figured, well, if you know, why not? Why not look at wild turkeys and, and see if there's some impacts there? And they did some um, studies on basically. Mitch and, and Mitch Blake, our district biologist and PA, he helped collect nests, uh, just not not a lot, um, but sent eggs down for for a study. Um, and bottom line is, at the end of the day, it, turkeys you know weren't found to be impacted. The poults after they hatched um, mm. weren't found to be impacted. So so that was good. Um, there's you know that um, you know that's that's one thing that we can probably check off as as a potential. Um, but then, you know, just moving up north, man, like you, in Matt, Matt Tabona, um, the work that he's doing on, on in Vermont, like you said, and um, even even up in uh, New Hampshire, Maine with the White Mountain. I mean, for years, we've, we've been trying to work on that partnership um, mm -hmm. up there and Matt finally got it done. And you know, the, this, the stewardship work he's doing up there is, is you know, it's going to pay big div dividends. And I know it's only going to get bigger. He wants it to get bigger and yeah. I know it will. 
definitely. All right, man, for the job there, I can speak personally from, uh, you know, part being being with him as an RD here in New England. And it's been phenomenal to watch <clears throat> all of that grow and the success he's had. And yeah. even some of the um, the social aspects and really, you know, some I don't know, some some biologists have a have a gift and others are, are good at what they do as a trade. And I think Matt, uh, during the pandemic specifically, I got to enjoy him uh, really stepping out of, I don't know if it was a comfort zone or not, but I thought he did a fantastic job of, of telling the story and bringing it into a fun, uh, really consumable sort of way through his partnership with Nicole and the Vermont state agency and what they did up there and all the different talks. And I just loved every bit of it. And um, yeah, it was a really phenomenal job and, 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 and the people up here really enjoyed it. I saw, I saw the audiences grow and the comment threads and it, it just, uh, it inspired a lot of people to just come, you know, come out of whatever shell they were in for the time and, and engage. Right. And it was yeah, good. Yeah. He really stepped up and, and, you know, he, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely set the bar. And it, yeah. And I think too, um, you know, one, one of the things that, um, one of the ways that people can kind of learn a little more about what's, what's happened in the East is, you know, through the beyond the strut series that yeah. was, uh, that was, you know, the footage was obtained this fall. Um, some, hopefully some, some great episodes to, to be here. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure when those are going to be released, but, uh, you know, the, the, there were some really good partnerships highlighted through those, um, through that footage. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to how those shake out. It'll be a lot of good storytelling. I heard a lot of the, the stories anyway and it sounds like they're going to be interesting to watch so <laughs> see how they see how they spin that all and edit them together it should be a good time yeah. yeah it should be fun oh cool man well i do appreciate you carving out some time here in the last hours of 2021 and yeah you know i'm glad i got you between hockey tournaments uh like i mentioned you know two hockey dads and in, in uh in the same realm here, my boy just started traveling all over God's creation this year in New England. And I'm like pulling my hair out. I'm like, it's a one hour game and I'm driving two hours That's right. one way. Yeah. This is bananas, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. How's your boy doing this year? Oh, doing great. I mean, the, the team's doing well, uh, really good. And, um, you know, he, he's already exceeded the bar that he set for himself as far as points this year and somehow managing to do that while leading the team in penalty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Awesome, uh, man. Yeah. So he's doing well and they've got a, they've got a big game. We're enjoying the uh, mandatory week off this week. Yeah. So where, where are your travels taking you guys next? You know, so we, we, um, luckily we just ease into it. Um, ease back into it this weekend. We've got a home game on Sunday, uh, mid afternoon. And, um, then, then it, then it really takes off and we've got a, tournament the, the week uh two weeks after um down near philadelphia so Oof. i can't yeah. complain about my two-hour drive to berlin new hampshire then i won't <laughs> <laughs> my goodness well yeah. i appreciate it man thanks so much and uh you know if uh if you're hearing this like i said and you're you're so inspired you know the biggest thing you can do uh, right away is, is sign up for that, that membership, that aforementioned $35 annual membership. Uh, and then, you know, take it a step further and, and, and research, uh, an event in your backyard and, and go just try it out. You're, you're taught, you're hearing from one of the biggest introverts and, and a fellow that does not like crowds, if you can believe it. Um, I'm here to tell you, uh, you go to an NWTF banquet for the first time. 
and you will just by virtue of being there, be welcomed into a community that right. is just so accepting, no matter who you are, where you're from, just your association alone. And the fact that you showed up, spent a few bucks to be there and support that mission. Um, it, 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 it will change. It will change your, your opinion and, 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 and your outlook, I think on, on the crowd anyway, and then just have the fun that, that you will for the next three and a half to four hours. It's a, it's a good afternoon or evening. So. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, I can tell you every time I've relocated <clears throat> over the years, and it's been a while since I moved, going to the Turkey Banquet was the place that I finally became more comfortable because it's such a big part of my life is, yeah. is you know, the hunting side and go to a new area. You don't know, you don't know the lay of the land. You don't know the people. And it's one of the most welcoming environments you're going to, you're going to find. Fastest uh, way to find mentorship in a new hunting spot. Right. I promise you that because everyone's just so giving. It's really cool. Doug, thanks for your time. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, I will very much likely see you in Nashville. You bet. Thank you for the opportunity, Fred. I really appreciate it. No, we will definitely do it again. One more time. Thanks so much to my good buddy, Doug Little, for uh, carving out time uh, during this holiday break and schedule to uh, make sure we uh, wrap the year up in, in fashion and, you know, able to tell the important, the really important part of our story. Uh, and that's, um, you know, what, what our organization, what his, his team, his colleagues all across the country are doing with your hard earned dollars. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, you folks come to our events, you, you sign up for the memberships. It's the biggest thing you can possibly do. And we thank you so much for it and wanted to give Doug some time to, to, you know, uh, articulate and, 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 and tell, you know, that part of, of what we're doing out here um, and, and how valuable it is and how valuable that $35 quickly gets turned into, into 70 and 105 and so on. It's just so powerful and uh, it, it definitely cannot be overstated. So um, one more time, Doug, thanks so much for your time and, uh, and updating us, uh, especially in the, the Eastern region and, 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 you know, shedding light on some of the bigger, bigger initiatives happening, uh, across the country, especially out West that I, I definitely look forward to talking about in the new year. Um, it is the holiday break where we're hours left in this year. And, uh, we are all very much looking forward to turning the page on 2021 and, and seeing so many of you in 2022. Uh, specifically in Nashville for convention. Registration is open. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a hotel room left in the Gaylord Opryland or not, so you may want to get on that. And if not, uh, find an area hotel and book your rooms there if you're planning to come. The the response has been phenomenal. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the program, our silent auctions for the ladies' Hunt and Grand National are open and very much uh, being engaged there, very competitive. So uh, bid early, bid often, follow your favorite uh, items and, um, you know, make sure when you're bidding on those guys, you check, check uh, and make sure if you can't attend, this is a PSA. If you can't attend, uh, most of these items will be able to be shipped to you. Uh, please read the the full description on those. Some items cannot be shipped. So you don't want to, don't want to win an item that you're not going to be able to uh, pick up, you know? So all the stuff online, all the registration is available to you now for convention. If you're coming, we'd love to see you locally. 
uh, awards banquets, as I understand, uh, January big kickoff month uh, for acknowledgement for kicking off the banquet season, traditional banquet season. I know things have been a little different over the last uh, year or so, but uh, people are getting back into the fold. So make sure you're checking that events page. Uh, you're getting your tickets for your local events. They are happening in your neck of the woods. So uh, hopefully we'll see you out and about in uh, in your backyard. Um, I teased it last week. Uh, I mentioned it at the top, brought to us, uh, the Turkey Call podcast, all access podcast brought to us by new, uh, partner Tetra Hearing. We're very excited to have them and introduce you to them. If you aren't aware who they are, we will be intro uh, introducing you in 2022 to that fantastic group and uh, all their support in the National Wild Turkey Federation. Also uh, coming up here at the beginning of the year, we'd like to thank new sponsors, Nomad Outdoor, Sportsman's Guide, and Bass Pro Shop Cabela's. Thank you all for your support. Looking forward to working with all those fine folks, uh, introducing you to them and, and some of their personalities as we go forth uh, in the in the coming year. But uh, we keep growing this thing, and it's because of you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe and rate where available. We appreciate you filling in all those five stars, leaving a little note of what you like, and uh, moving us uh, again up those little demo charts there in the uh, the outdoor hunting space, getting us noticed, and uh, allowing stories like you heard today from Doug Little, the important stories uh, being told and, and being put out there in, in this recorded history. That's a wrap on 2021, guys. Thanks so much for the support. Definitely look forward to kicking ass with you all in 2022. Get out to a banquet. Uh, be involved with your local chapters. We'll see you in Nashville. Be good. Love each other. Take care of each other, folks. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.